I am obsessed with today's episode. I have a guest on the show, and we are diving back into the topic of SEL. Not too long ago, episode 120, I had Rachel Davis on, and she gave us some really incredible information and activities to be able to incorporate SEL into the classroom. But today, I have another guest expert on, Andrea Burns, and she is going into a whole different realm with you in terms of how you can discuss and get SEL happening in your classroom through literacy and discussion. Andrea Burns is extremely passionate about all things bookish. This includes children's literature, the smell of a brand new book, or adding new picture and chapter books to her already full bookshelf. Andrea lives in Kansas and works as a book buyer for a local bookstore. She has a master's of science in curriculum and instruction and loves to continually learn new things. Andrea's passion about social-emotional learning and her truly being an advocate for SEL and literature has been featured on Good Morning America. Her debut book is called Failure Friday, which is published through National Center for Youth Issues. She is expecting her first child in March and can't wait to make her little one an avid reader. And I know what she is going to share with you today is going to make you an avid reader too. Without further ado, I am ready to dive into this episode where you're going to be hearing ways to get discussions happening, ways to incorporate different books. She's going to even be sharing some of her favorite book titles that can be able to be perfect for what your students are going through for SEL. You are going to hear some quick writing activities and some tips for you as the teacher as well as diving into her book, Failure Friday. I cannot wait for you to meet my friend Andrea, so we will meet you inside. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome to the Literacy Dive podcast. I am so excited. And as you already know, we have a special guest on today. So Andrea, thank you so, so much for being on the show And I've already kind of given a brief introduction of yourself, but for those who may not know you, can you go ahead and just give a brief little intro and tell us who you are, and then we'll just kind of take it off from there. All right. Sounds great. First of all, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited to reach out to your audience and your followers and just chat with you today. My name is Andrea Burns. I'm Bookish Burns on Instagram. I'm a debut author of Failure Friday, which has been published by National Center for Youth Issues. I'm currently a book buyer for a local bookstore in Kansas. I taught for eight years. I taught fourth grade and first grade. God bless all those primary teachers because fourth grade is where it's at. And also I'm a mom to be coming soon. So so I know. So there's a lot of different layers, but I'm so excited to just dive in and talk all things literacy and SEL. I love it. And I always, I love your account and I just find you so fascinating just because of your love for books 
and your love for SEL and then seeing that you wrote a book and that you're now like a book buyer. I just, you're so fascinating. And then with becoming a new mom. So I just, I love your account so much. And I'm so excited to allow the audience to be able to kind of hear a different perspective when it comes to ways that they can incorporate and have these conversations and facilitate SEL inside of the classroom. I know that so oftentimes, you know, it might not be top of mind priority for teachers, but it's something that really, really can help students not only navigate the school year, but navigate their lives and helps them for the next school year and the next grade level and things like that. So I'm really, really, really looking forward to this conversation about diving into SEL. So just to kind of kick it off, I just, I'm just i just kind of curious, what got you into or inspired with really kind of becoming branded around becoming like this expert on SEL? Well, I have to say mental health has been always really important to me. I grew up with a sister who had some mental health issues growing up. And so I kind of grew up around it. And I mean, I came from a very loving home. So this can happen anywhere. I mean, it can happen with kids who have divorced parents. It can happen to kids who have parents in a happy family home. You know, it really mental health is so important. So it kind of started off back when I was younger and in high school, I was kind of seeing these things at home. And this is when, you know, mental health wasn't really talked about that much. And so I kind of grew up, you know, wanting to talk about it and normalizing it. So that was kind of the first taste of it. And then I ended up working in a Title I school and working with students who had a lot of mental health issues or also, you know, had some rough family goings, you know, just living their day-to-day life. And I was the consistency in their life. And to me, that was a completely different world than what I grew up with. So for me, just, you know, growing up in a loving home with normal parents, with, you know, everything I could possibly want. And then just working with kids who some had nothing, it really changed my perspective on life. And I really felt like I was meant to work in that school. And I ended up being there for eight years and I absolutely loved it. So being at that school just really inspired me to want to dive in and really get kids in tune with their feelings and how to cope because some kids aren't taught these things at home. And so sometimes the teachers have to be the ones that have to teach them these different skills. And teachers don't have enough time in the day, you know, and that's why I kind of wanted to start incorporating literacy and SEL so that we could, you know, knock both out at once. So I know that's kind of a long winded answer. But honestly, it's just I could go on for days about how important it is. I love that. And I have that same connection where I've only taught in Title One schools. And to some degree, I kind of felt like with my ability of being a teacher and what I know that I can offer and the resources that I know that I can be able to go on my own and try to figure out and learn and train, I wanted to serve that population of students who are coming most of the time with, you know, lacking in some capacity. And so I love that you have a similar connection and really understand the importance of, you know, these students and like what they're going through every day, but they can actually be able to be in control of those feelings. They just have to be taught. And one of the things that I really love, which is another reason why I'm so glad that this topic is being discussed, is I think that sometimes as adults, like I'm still learning how to cope or how to figure out ways to navigate when transitions or things are happening, or I go through grief and loss or just anything with a friend. And so I think that too, you know, if you think about in your own classroom, you know, teachers, if you are implementing any level of 
SEL and you're teaching your students, this is also going to support you as well. And so just think about what the school can become with a lot of students and teachers being able to regulate and have those different types of skills. And I love how you said that because I honestly did so much self-reflection through my teaching. And for example, if we ever did journals, I would do it with the kids too, because it was great modeling, but also it was like a good quiet time of the day for me to be like, okay, how do I feel about this certain topic? Or if we ever did a mindful minute, like I would meditate with my kids and it was just my favorite time of the day. And I think the kids sensed, you know, that I loved it, which they ended up loving it too. So right there, I feel like that's a great tip. Just no matter what you're doing is do it with your students. I'm such a big advocate of that and proponent of it, especially if there is something that you're not used to or something that you particularly don't like. If you can start doing it too in small little chunks, not only will your students buy into it, but you might actually find that it's really helpful and it actually strengthens that muscle and skill. So well, I'm I'm really pumped about this because like you had mentioned, I think a little bit earlier, some of the teachers are thinking like, how how do I implement it? Or it's not really in my standards. It's not really written in my curriculum. How do I fit it in? And I'm I really love the fact that you have some really great ways that teachers can be able to get this into their classrooms, whether it is through discussion, through literacy and writing, through reading. So could you just kind of like kick us off into what are some of these strategies or activities or ways that teachers can be able to get this going into their classrooms? Okay, so I'll share a few things. The first thing is interactive read-alouds. And so we luckily had that built into our curriculum. And I worked in a district that was very flexible, like on certain days, you know, use your own interactive read-alouds. You don't have to use the ones that are provided by the curriculum. So of course, I would always tie in SEL with that. And so I would have my post-it notes with my discussion points ahead of time. And I think it's really important when you're working with social emotional learning that you read the book ahead of time to yourself. I know a lot of us teachers, you know, like to wing things and just be like, all right, I'm going to pick this book from the shelf today. And this will be a 20 minute filler. But like, when you know how impactful that book can be and how students can really connect and relate to it, make sure you read it ahead of time and have those discussion points ready to go with your post-it notes on certain pages of where to stop, pause, so that students can discuss. So I would always tie it into my IRA time and the kids lived for that. Like if we couldn't do it one day, they're like, what about our read aloud? And I was, you know, I was baffled by that because I was teaching fourth grade at the time. And, you know, a lot of people say that, you know, picture books aren't for intermediate students. Completely false, at least in my case, they lived for that time and that discussion time. And it was so eye-opening the things that not only I would learn from the kids and what's going on in their life, but what the kids would hear from each other. They started connecting and relating to whatever topic we were talking about. And it was just this incredible time that it just like, I can't even explain like the peace I felt within myself when I saw these conversations happening between my students. So that was a really special time. And then also, I know we always do standards-based you know, make sure you have them on your whiteboard ready to go so that everyone can see what standards you're working on. And so I was like, you know, if we can do this for reading and math, we can do it with SEL too, because the more that your students see it on the wall and displayed every single day, you know, they're going to work on that during the week. So I would always have an objective or, you know, a standard that we'd be working on, even if it was like, I'm going to be able to cope even when I'm angry, or I'm going to find three strategies, like I'd make it very specific. And I would say it throughout the week multiple times and I would point to it and I'd have a book that would relate to it. So I just always had those posted and I would change them weekly. 
And I know that's not every school's forte, but my students bought into it. And it was something that was so visually easy to keep referring back to. So kind of having those posted in your classroom is really helpful. And then, like you said, writing, journaling, or coming up with stories, or even just text-to-self connections when you're writing was everything. And I would love to read my students' journals or you know anything that we were working on. Even if we were working on personal narratives, you can tie in an SEL topic with a personal narrative. And so I would read them and I'd learn so much about my students. And then, you know, I'd write back to them. And that just even caused a connection between me and my students. And that was just so special. So those are just a few things I can think of, but hopefully you could even do those in your classroom. And I know we don't have all the time, but it's like, you know, make it even if it's just once a week, do it once a week. I love that too, because I think sometimes when we think about a new system, we're automatically thinking Monday through Friday, and it has to be 30 minutes. And it's like, no. And I actually am such a proponent too of like doing things that are quick, doing things that are small, because then the students don't get overwhelmed by it. But it also seems achievable. You can definitely find five minutes of your day. Like we typically have it in our schedule because whoever's making the schedule never aligns the times correctly. And so you actually probably have three times a day where you have that dead 15 minutes of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. And so thinking about how your schedule is and the importance of this, I love what you do with like having your the statements because we see those with standards. And so if they're able to then share what the focus is and then you're being intentional with weaving it into your read-alouds and weaving it into like writing opportunities and the conversation piece. I mean, that's what we want students to do is to be able to discuss and to share. And they're not really going to know how to do that unless they are practicing it. So this is so great. And another thing that you said that I loved is the connection piece. I know for a fact that it is really challenging to get to know each student by way of like sitting down and having, you know, coffee talk because we just don't have time. But if you do something like a journaling and you can take a few, because it's only a few minutes and they're not writing a whole lot, or if you embed it in your writing, your personal narrative, as you're flipping through and reading, you're going to start learning more and more about your students through this literacy time. But it's also connected to a really important time where you can know which kids to follow up on or, oh my goodness, I didn't even recognize this happened. Let me bring in tools or books to support the student in a very safe way. So I really like that system that you have of just like treating it like a standard, but knowing that this is going to impact those students in such a great way. It's really, really exciting. Well, thank you. I know. And I just feel like even with morning meetings, I know a lot of teachers do morning meetings as well. Like you said, do it for five or 10 minutes. Or even I noticed my class on Tuesdays was so crazy after gym. Like, how are we going to, you know, transition back slowly? We know they're all just hyped up. And so we do a mindful minute every single Tuesday and they counted on that to be able to transition and calm their bodies down. So just, you know, do what's best for your kids. I I like that. And I know that, you know, again, this is solving the pain points of teachers, right? You know, we have the teachers that are like, oh, my kids are just insane after lunch. They're insane after recess. They're insane after PE. And so it's just like, well, this is something that you can do that's going to fix the problem of them being insane but it's also going to help to regulate and calm them. So it actually does have like multiple purposes that are just positive benefits. Exactly. 
Hey teachers, I'm interrupting this episode for a quick moment because if you're listening to this podcast, then I'll bet you have students who dread writing time. Or maybe you are out of ideas, time, and energy when it comes to planning your writing block. You work so hard, so for once, give yourself the gift of having the planning done for you. My monthly writing prompts are trusted by hundreds of teachers and are a no-prep way to spark your students' interest in writing while highlighting special days that occur worldwide. The best part? There's a prompt for every single day of the year. Did I mention that it's already done for you? So what are you waiting for? Head to theliteracydive.com slash prompts to grab your year-long bundle of writing prompts. Now, I know that you are like a book lover (laughs) and you are just like all things books. And I do want to talk about the one you wrote because it is fascinating. I've read it multiple times and I pull something out of it every single time I've read it. And I think that's just the whole important thing of a read aloud is that you read it multiple times to scrape the surface and get something else from it. But with thinking about how there are so many texts that can be able to support so many students. Do you have any like must have titles or, you know, books that have really inspired your classes or really, you know, changed the trajectory of your classes when reading it or exposing that to them? Do you have any like titles or any, you know, any of your favorites? Well, you know, I picked out a few to bring up. Love it. (laughs) So one of the ones that I love is called Catching Thoughts by Bonnie Clark. I adore this book because it's all about your thoughts and feelings and anxiety. And like, it's so relatable to kids. The illustrations are amazing. And it's even about popping those feelings, you know, using the balloons to tie it in. Like my kids just so related to this book. It is so good. And then I love Big Bear Was Not the Same because obviously kids love animals and it takes a really important topic as PTSD. Like how do you break that down for kids? Well, this book does. And It was a great conversation starter because a lot of kids don't even realize that they might have PTSD from certain situations in their life. And this really was relatable for a lot of my kids. And then there was a whole, oh my goodness. So it's all about big feelings and how they can grow and how one person can have a hole and how you can help fill that hole in a friend when they're upset or sad or have a certain emotion. So these ones are really helpful in my classroom. I mean, we could do a whole other podcast on, (laughs) I have like multiple titles, but honestly, those are the ones that came to my mind when I think of how are they impactful? Because they're just, there's so many topics when it comes to SEL that it's like, what's the most important? Well, you have to tailor it to your kids, you know? And that's what I would do. And that's why I did so much research. Like if I saw kids, you know, they were not able to control their emotions or their anger, then I would go find a book about that. And I would never target the kid ever, but I would just kind of say, all right, we're going to talk about anger this week. I would always have that one kid in the back of my mind. And even if it happened two weeks ago, I'm going to bring it up two weeks later just to make sure that we are kind of reinforcing those skills and talking about them, which I love. So, I mean, you can, there's so many topics that you can cover. I think that's like the exciting thing too, is like there are so many topics <laughs> that you can cover. And I think that, you know, if you were to just to say like, oh, I, I'm going to SEL, what do you think of, you know, making friends or sharing, being nice. But like you said, I mean, like PTSD and, you know, like 
really dealing with deep inner emotion or grief and, and loss and things that come with those emotions that kids can't talk about. So being able to look in your classrooms and scanning the room and thinking about, well, what is a child struggling with? And knowing that even if I bring this book in for that one child, well, guaranteed other students might have gone through it, are going through it, or will go through it. And so you're already setting them up for success as well. So, and I know that you have like a laundry list of books. And so I'm telling you now, if you do not follow Bookish Burns with three S's, at the end. Three S's. Yes, <laughs> I know. Love it. I say, I know this one um, with three S's, but you'll find it if you just put in bookish burns. But if you are not following, do so like right now, because this is playing in the background. Go ahead and do it because there are books upon books upon books with different titles that can link to different types of things that your students are feeling. And so you don't have to do the hard work of trying to say, where do I begin? She's actually done it for you. And so Make sure that you're just following along and just, you know, supporting your students in this way. And the craziest thing is, I mean, social media has its good parts and bad parts. But the fact that I had that one post go viral due to SEL books being used in the classroom, like I can't even explain how many people it reached. I was a Delta Gamma in college, represent. I talked to someone in very high up in Delta Gamma and they're like, wait, that was your post? She had nothing to do with teaching, nothing to do with anything. And I'm like, the fact that this is circulating is incredible. And the fact that someone from Good Morning America reached out to me and said, hey, we saw your post. Can you talk more about your SEL? And interviewed me. Like, that was an incredible moment for me. I'm like, this is why I love doing what I do because it's so powerful because so many parents don't know where to start. So many teachers don't know where to start. And like you said, Find those resources that help you. Like I did the research and I'm going to continue to do it, and make it my mission. There are also so many other accounts out there that can help. And that's what is so cool about social media. I, I mean, yes, there's some good and bad parts. But yes, like overall, I, I just can't even believe the amount of things I even learned from other teachers on social media. I agree with that. I, the resources are there. But another layer, because I know that majority of teachers, homeschool parents are listening right now. but even if you know if you have students of any type in your classroom they come with a grown up and if those grown ups cannot or do not know what to do or even if they don't reach out to you but you recognize something with that student chances are you've had a conference how amazing for you to be able to offer them book lists or offer them questions or offer them you know journaling activities or something that they can do at home to just like piggyback off, off of what you're doing at school and what that partnership between home and school can do for that child, it is life-changing. And so I just hope that you're feeling so inspired because this is really a fun way to be able to touch on something that is so serious with so many young children. I mean, as, as young as pre-K kindergarten that are dealing with things. I used to teach kindergarten and I know that firsthand that they come with their stuff at five years old. As a book buyer too, now that I'm, you know, having my own child and like looking at not just picture books and chapter books, board books. There are so many SEL board books out there. I'm like, oh, I need to dive into this, you know, yes. once I, you know, I have all the time in the world, but like, it's incredible how even it, they have them now. And it's like, this didn't happen 10 years ago, you know? And it, I just love that we're just normalizing it so that we can help even kids as young as two, three-year-olds kind of express themselves or recognize certain feelings. It's really cool. Yes. And I think that just like you're mentioning, there is no age cutoff to, 
we don't have to do it anymore, or it's too early for a child to learn it. And so just having that awareness, I think, because you're right, like 10 years ago, I was not thinking, and I was teaching 10 years ago, I was not thinking about how can I bring, well, I mean, I don't even know that I heard SEL, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I don't even know that I heard that acronym, but I know for sure I was not thinking far past, you know, asking a child, how are you doing today? Or like recognizing that they're sad, like what's going on? But it was never a focus of the whole group. But now, you know, when you know better, you can do better. And so that's what this awareness is all about. But I do want to dive into your book because I, there were just so many parts of it that I particularly like. I want you to kind of like give as much of it as you want to give to the audience. I, with this book will be linked for you. Everything that you're hearing will be linked in the show notes. So make sure you go and check out this book, grab this book. Your classroom will want to have it. Like you want to have this on your shelf. But could you kind of dive into the inspiration of this book? Like what you hope students and, and teachers can gain from this book? And then I do want to share my favorite part of the book, but can you just kind of like dive into this? Because I think this was just like a brilliant book that is so simplistic, but powerful to bring into a classroom. Well, I appreciate your kind words because it was definitely a work of heart, my passion project. I always knew that I wanted to be, or at least write a book, right? And during the pandemic, I was like, okay, don't have kids. I have a husband. I don't have a dog yet. You know, I was in that phase of like, this is the time. Hello, like, let's do it. So I decided, you know, to write a few manuscripts. And I actually ended up writing a chapter book first that still hasn't been released into the world, but I absolutely love it. Hopefully someday. But I ended up partnering up with National Center for Youth Issues, who has amazing SEL books, a lot of them written by Julia Cook, My Mouth is a Volcano. I mean, everyone has that one in their classroom. The publisher just saw something in me. And I just couldn't even believe it because I have no, I mean, I love to write, but I don't have formal writing background. So the fact that they took a chance on me was just incredible. It was like a godsend thing. So I love them so much in the partnership that we've had. And the really cool thing about working with this particular publisher is that her and I partnered so much together to kind of come up with the perfect story of what we both thought needed to be in the world. So, I mean... First of all, Failure Friday is a story about celebrating our failures. And I know that I was I was waiting for some backlash. Like, why would we ever celebrate failures? But I actually haven't gotten too much backlash on it yet, which is really surprising to me because I think people realize that, you know, you can still fail and celebrate, but also learn from it. So that's what the story is all about. And it's about a girl named Emma, and she's a runner. And the inspiration for that was I am a coach for girls on the run. So I have, I was kind of envisioning, you know, coaching and reading this book to my girls. And so that was kind of the inspiration behind the running aspect of it. But pretty much she's failing and she feels like a failure and she doesn't want to continue. And so she keeps pushing herself and she doesn't want to let her team down. I won't give it away, but pretty much her coach is her teacher. And I'm all about a book with a teacher-student relationship because I think they're so important. Yes. And so I loved that her teacher was the one that kind of helped boost her confidence and kind of teach her the ways to overcome failures and to work through them. So there's the acronym PI that you will find in the book. That's one of my favorites. That's so applicable. Like when you hear it, you're going to be like, I'm doing this. I'm doing it in my classroom tomorrow. Yes. No. And that was super fun because 
actually the first manuscript we wrote was about a boy who wanted to make perfect pie. So that's where I got the idea of the acronym. And so then we kind of went with a different, it's just so interesting how many different manuscripts and before you get to where you need to be. But so pretty much we ended up using that. And I loved that there was a whole celebration with pie and then using, you know, the classic, it's as easy as pie. Like everything just tied together so well. And honestly, I went back this year because obviously I'm not teaching anymore, but I went back and read it to my students from last year, which was what like such a magical moment and just seeing their eyes light up because they knew I was working on it. It was so much fun. But yes, this is like something that is so near and dear to my heart. And just thank you for your kind words. And everyone has been so supportive of it. And I felt like I needed it in my classroom. And I felt like kids were so hard on themselves for failing, not just oh, I failed a math test. No, it was I'm failing at being a good brother or sister, or I'm failing at being a good friend, or I failed my classmates when we lost the game. There's so many different ways to fail. And that's what I kind of wanted to highlight in the book as well. I mean, you gave such a good synopsis and summary of it. And definitely the acronym that was immediately like, I could see so many educators taking that and actually doing that whole scenario, like talking about it, teaching about it, and then having a celebration with it. But also, I really just love, you know, how it's like, we can do this every Friday. We can actually make this a part of our our week and our time together, our classroom family. And that's just one day a week. But also, I love the discussion portion where the kids could actually be able to share out. And so it allows that open, safe space for kids to be able to say, yes, like it's something as simple as like a test or, you know, failing on just like something where we would just be like, oh, that's that's something that's common. But also you know, there is a certain character in there that actually wasn't the nicest and was able to be like, I failed in this way because I could have been different. And so there's a lot of reflection there. And so I think with like reading this book and having even those different perspectives, it starts opening up students to thinking about just failure in a really, really, really deep and impactful way. And so I'm just a super fan of that. And like I said, it's just that After reading it, I could definitely see that being the springboard to say, okay, students, guess what? We are now going to implement this. And this is what we're doing every single Friday. And those people who shared, we're going to be able to give them some positive words and things that can help, you know, to boost them. And then we're going to keep rocking on because that's what we do. We, you know, we, we win through our failures. And so this book is incredible. It's going to be linked for you. It's, you know, you can definitely just check it out. You will want a copy of it, but it really just, it's the perfect text that honestly can span across a variety of grade levels. And so it's just amazing. And I know we talked about self-reflection for ourselves earlier too. Of course, my friends and family have been so supportive because they knew this was a dream of mine, but I had multiple friends my age, a 30 year old that texted me saying, after I read your book, I cried because I related to it so much. And thank you. This is what I needed to hear today. And hearing my friends as adults say that was so powerful. So it's not only for kids, it's for adults as well. And that's what can also connect teachers and students reading it. And then also parents at home as well. I love this. So I think like our big takeaway is that like, you know, through what you're already doing in your classrooms, if you're doing the workshop model, which a lot of schools are now, you have that interactive read aloud time. And so using that or at least a portion of it or one time a week, to actually say, you know what, we're going to dive into this is going to bring about a whole new world for your students. And so I love that we can do it with read alouds, which is the big part of this. 
We could do it through journaling. We can have, you know, just feelings checks and be able to sticky note, you know, what we're feeling. Discussions, talking, speaking, that is a big part of literacy too, because before we can get it out, we have to generate those ideas and be able to speak about those ideas. And so I just loved all of the different things we're already doing, but now we can just do it more intentionally. Yes. Yes. And that's the hope behind, you know, SEL, because there really aren't a lot of SEL curriculums out there. And when there are, some are good, but some, honestly, the best thing is listening to your students and figuring out what they need, because every class is different, as we know, from year to year, that, you know, no curriculum is going to be cookie cutter and aligned with every single student. So you as the teacher kind of have to read, read the room and figure out what can I do for my kids this year in this moment. I love this. Oh my gosh, you are just you are just a gem. And I, like I said, it's it's so cool being able to talk to you because I feel like you do so much with like expression just through your page alone, but to really be able to hear it, it's just so inspiring. So thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, of course. So I know that like we're kind of wrapping up. Are there any other just like last minute, I don't know, words of encouragement or things for teachers to keep in mind or any tips or just anything last minute that you want to offer to our audience? I would just say teachers are the best people in the world. I know that teaching is extremely hard. It's hard on our mental health as well, too. So I'm a big proponent for that as well. As much as we want to care for our kids' mental health, take care of your mental health as well. Take that day off, you know, take time for yourself and really reflect on what makes you happy. And for some teachers, it's being that teacher that's hardcore and you're there till eight o'clock at night and that's what makes their heart keep going through it. And for some teachers, don't take any work home and just focus on yourself and your family. That was one thing that I learned through the last year is just really take time to take care of yourself because teaching is exhausting, but it's so rewarding. So just make sure that you take care of yourself as well. I love that so much. Well, I know that there are probably so many people right now that are just so excited. They're wanting to not only continue this work because this is important work that they may just have just now been scraping the surface on, or maybe they just, they've been doing it, but they want to go more in depth, or maybe they've never even tried it. And so although we're at all different stages, I know that they're probably like, they need the support. So where can our listeners follow you, learn more from you? Where are the ways that they can be able to just say, hey, I I need to follow along for support and for titles and just to be able to ask questions? I mean, Instagram is like my main jam. So following me there, you can always DM me and ask questions. If you, I've had people say, you know, I'm looking for a book on divorced parents for this age. Like, do you have any suggestions? Sometimes I can whip them out and be like, yeah, I'll give you these three titles. Or sometimes be like, okay, let me research it for you. And and I'll more than be happy to give you a title. So you can reach out to me there. My website is readbookishburns.com. That kind of just gives like my background, my story, some fun suggestions of, you know, what to do. You can find my book at failurefridaybk.com, which will lead you to the National Center for Youth website, which also has a resource bundle, which has some really fun activities that go with Failure Friday that you can use in your classroom. Awesome. Well, all of that will be linked in the show notes. So make sure you head there to get all of the things. But like you said, if nothing else, go to Instagram, follow along. She is accessible and just she's a resource for you. And so I just love that about social media. Well, Andrea, you have been incredible, amazing. Thank you so much just for sharing all of your wisdom, all of your ideas, all of your knowledge with books. It's just been such a treat. 
Well, thank you for having me and your gem as well. I'm just so excited to be here and do this with you. Well, I'm so glad we got to connect. And so we'll have to definitely do it again in the future. Would love to. Yes. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.